Welcome to the messages of Cornerstone Anglican Church. Our relationship with God has been described as a great dance where partners move as one. In this episode, Padre Andrew talks about our Trinitarian God. In the minds of a lot of people, God is an all-powerful mystery that can do anything. God is out there and distant. People pray to God hoping that he will do the impossible. Now, there's this man. Every day he wants to win Tetzlotto. This is a joke, by the way. This is a joke. Help me win Tetzlotto. Every day, at the same time, he prays. God, help me win Tetzlotto. Help me. Every day for a whole year. He prays, help me win Tetzlotto. Finally, this big voice comes out of the clouds and it says, do me a favour, buy a ticket. <laughs> okay, so the Bible, however, presents us with a very different image of God, which we celebrate on Trinity Sunday. In today's gospel message, Jesus tells the disciples that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. In our gospel passages from a few weeks ago, Jesus gives the order to his disciples, the Great Commission, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God in three persons is a very personal God, as opposed to that mysterious, all-powerful force that is distant and removed. It is often a surprise that you won't find the word Trinity in the Bible. There's no place in the Bible we can find that God consists of three persons and still one, as stated in the Athanasian Creed, the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed. Although there are numerous references to each of the Trinities, uh, three persons, no scriptural statement claims the three are one. This is a teaching that developed in the church during the 4th century. It arose in response to the differences of opinion amongst church leaders about who Christ was and how he was related to God the Father, who the Holy Spirit was and how the Spirit was related to both the Father and Jesus and how both the Son and the Spirit came to be. The doctrine of the Trinity, one God revealed in three persons, is a response to the early church to a variety of existing ideas about God. Using the various references to the scriptures, the early church affirmed that there was one God and that God was manifest in three different ways. For example, one of the teachings of the era was that Jesus was a kind of half-God. He was created like all other beings, but remained in heaven with God as a kind of intermediate being. The idea that Jesus appeared to be a human person, but he was more than a human person. He was a very special being created by God to act as a human person. Another teaching was that God assumed different roles. At one time, God was the Father, another time, Jesus, the Son, and another time, the Spirit. 
And the church tried to clarify the understanding so that there could be one acceptable stated doctrine. As a result, they gathered in various church councils and developed confessional statements and creeds, like we recite this morning, to state as clearly as possible the position. The first person who actually used the term Trinity was Tertullian, somewhere around 200 AD. However, it was not until 381 where the church agreed how the three persons of the Trinity should be defined in relation to each other. The meeting of this council resulted in the production of the statement of belief that summed up what the church believed about the Trinity. The basic tenet of the doctrine of the Trinity is that God is one and there is only one God. This was a sharp contrast to Greek idea of many gods, of course. The early Christians wanted to maintain this monotheism at the heart of their Jewish heritage. And at the same time, they recognised that Scripture spoke of God acting in different ways. So first, God was revealed in Scripture as a creator of all things, the one who made everything that is, and the one who gave life to all creatures. Go back to Genesis and you'll see that there's a couple of we statements. Let us do these things. Father, Son, Holy Spirit were there doing that creation. Um, They saw this reflected in the scriptural image of the Father and in that culture a father was a source of life and the symbol of authority. Therefore, when the term father was used, it emphasised that God was the source of all and the one who sustained all things. Second, there's the image of the Son, sometimes referred to as the Son of Man or the Son of God. Jesus used the term Son of Man for himself. And it was this early church belief that this Jesus was God who had become incarnate, God who became human to live amongst us, die as we die, and live again as a promise to our life to come. And then the third way in which God was revealed was that of the Spirit. That Spirit didn't come just at Pentecost, but it was mentioned many times in the Old Testament and throughout the Gospels. It was the Spirit who descended on Jesus at his baptism. And the early church believed that the Spirit, as God who lives in our hearts, who helps us interpret and understand what is revealed of God and enables us to live as God would want us to live. The early church didn't want to make these separate manifestations of God distinct from each other. As God being different at different times, the church wanted to express the fact that although each of these manifestations of God exist, all three were and are in each one at the same time. One of my colleagues gave me a book by the theologian Baxter Kruger. Baxter Kruger talks about the great dance, about this abounding life, the fellowship and togetherness, the love and passion and joy shared by the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. The incarnation is the staggering act of this God reaching out to share their great dance with us. The whole mind-boggling act of creation is driven by desire to share this great dance with us. The Father, Son and Holy Spirit created us 
so that we could participate in this life together, so that we could share in their knowledge and laughter and fellowship, in their insights and creativity and music, in their joy, their intimacy and goodness, so that all could be played out in us and in our ordinary lives. The Father, Son and Spirit created the human race so that what they have together could be shared with us so that their great dance of life could be extended to us and played out in our lives. The most important feature of our faith in a triune God is the emphasis it places on relationships. God the Father, God the Son and the Holy Spirit reveal that God exists in relationship. Relationships are the very core of our universe. Father, Son and Holy Spirit invite us to join in this relationship. They invite us to share the love they share with each other. The triune God once again calls us to know all the love of the Creator, the Redeemer, the giver of new life and what it can provide. So come and share in that love. Share that love with others. And then we will be disciples, making disciples in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you'd like to hear more great messages, check out our Facebook page or look us up on the net at cornerstone-church.com.au.